this week on the Off the Crossbar podcast. Week two is in the books, and there are just four teams left undefeated. The Vancouver Warriors are 2-0. Star forward Mitch Jones stops by to tell us what it's like inside that locker room. We'll wrap up week two, get you set for week three, and give you our Cool Bet Canada boosted parlay. All that more on OTCB. My name is Teddy Jenner, and welcome back for another year of National Lacrosse League action. Matthews, quick stick. Are you kidding me? Why Dylan Ward? I don't believe what I just saw. That's the save of the year right there. Oh, wow. Blair right down the middle, shoots, and he scores! Gregoire on the other side of the microphone. Uh, you can find him at P. Greggy. I'm at Teddy Jen. The show is at OTCB underscore podcast or on Instagram OTCB podcast. Week two is in the books. We've got some undefeated. We've got some winless and we've got a lot of quote unquote parody throughout the National Crossing. Patty, how are you, brother? Doing good. Just uh, enjoying a... Uh... Toronto Maple Leafs victory over the Edmonton. Wow, are we starting there already? That's rude, man. <laughs> I mean, let's like just I, let's cut the chase. Let's get to I it. wasn't gonna bring it up. Of course you weren't. Why, <laughs> why would you bring it up? I will say though, Teddy. Oh my god. This this might sound facetious, but I thought Edmonton controlled the majority of, of that game. Uh I think a big difference was the goaltending. Mm-hmm. Um, but Good teams find ways to win when things aren't going well, and boy, did they find a way. We did not find a way. I knew it was going to be a bad night when Dry <laughs> missed that open netter. That That's a game changer. That was if, the, if that goes in, it's a completely different game. Yeah. But I, it just shows you the state of hockey fans. Already, we're not even at Christmas, and four <laughs> – of the teams have already thrown a jersey on the ice. The Leafs did right. it earlier, and now that fan has probably already bought two jerseys since then. And, and he's probably getting beers bought for him because he's the catalyst <laughs> for this all. Exactly, exactly. But I just, I'm not going to say, like, you know, if you spend your money on buying a jersey and, and buying a ticket going down and you want to throw your jersey, I'm not going to be one of these people who are like, shame on you, that's, you oh, know, yeah. that you're like, if you want to do that, go ahead. But with that also being said, you're a moron for doing it too because you just wasted your money. You're proving nothing. Like you think the players really care that someone threw their jersey on that ice? No, because like I said, it's happened so many times here in Toronto. It, it has not <laughs> made anything any difference. So yeah, don't want to get- It's happened in Edmonton a bunch. It happened in Vancouver already. 
they're on what a five or six game winning streak with yeah, that's Bruce. There it is. Yeah. We're on a five game home streak losing skid. Like, I, I don't know. Wild out there, man. I don't know if it's because the shortened seasons the last couple of years and people forget how long of a grind <laughs> an right. 82 game, like a, a little six game losing skid is nothing. Edmonton will be fine. I don't know if they're going to win a cup. I don't know if they're going to make a, a deep playoff run. They might be out on the outside looking, you know, looking in. If we don't they make have- the playoffs this year. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, how, I don't know how many tears I'm going to, I don't know how many tears I'm going to shed if we don't make the playoffs this year. Like if we get Mike Smith back. I think things can start around. Thing. We get healthy. That's another. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, think, it was I think, yeah, it was evident last night, you know, Koskinen's, I mean, he's not, he's not a starting goal, goaltender in the national or national hockey league. He, he's just, he's not your answer. And, and, Dude. I mean, that kind of, that kind of shows you like, be, be thankful for what you have when you have it, because Edmonton mm. Oilers fans have kind of been wishy-washy uh, on Mike Smith. Um, now you kind of appreciate him when he's not around. Yeah. Yeah. I miss him. I miss big Mike. Um, <laughs> this is a lacrosse podcast though. And if you have a lacrosse yeah, yeah. Jersey and you might've thrown it on a jer- on a floor one dime and you need another one, head to nllshop.com or fanatics.ca. Make sure you get, the hottest NLL gear out there, official merchandise from all 14 teams across the National Lacrosse League, including the Vancouver Warriors, Saskatchewan Rush, will be your NLL TSN game of the week this week. It'll be myself, Brad Chandler, Chantel Chan, um, and that'll be the Christmas break. But um, week two is in the books, Patty, and it was another intense weekend. Here's Fall to the net. San Diego Colorado game and maybe the Vancouver Panther City game that kind of got away a little late. Um, everything was very intense and close. Was there a matchup that intrigued you the most throughout the weekend? I would have to say it was the the broadcast that uh, you and 
Brad and, and Chantel were on. I, it was awesome. That was a tremendous game. I will be honest. I tuned in a little bit late to it. I was at a dinner party. The Leafs game was on. And unfortunately, there weren't enough lacrosse votes in the room to get it picked on. <laughs> we did eventually get it on. And, and they were impressed with how good the product was. And um, it was an unbelievable game. I think, Bless. you know, we'll, we'll hear from Mitch Jones. He was talking about it. The two games that have been on TSN so far have been great games to showcase, uh, but kudos to Calgary. Um, I know you and I were, were guys that were kind of saying this is a team that's getting disrespected mm-hmm. uh, and they certainly proved on, uh, on Saturday night that um, don't sleep on this team because they have the, the tools to, you know, potentially repeat as champions. I don't know if they're going to do it, but, they look like a championship caliber team on Saturday. Uh, we, we're we going to go through all the games real quickly. We'll have kind of each get one little thought on each team. Um, Halifax knocks off Toronto. You were there 11 um, seven. Unfortunately in that game, Reese Dutch goes down with a lower body injury. Sounds like it's a patella injury and he most likely will be done for the season for a team that, is off to a 2-0 and start that is the Thunderbirds. They are already running into some early season injury problems. Is that an issue? I think it would be an issue if they had a game this week, but luckily for them, they've got the bye this week and they've got the Christmas break next week. They don't play again until I believe it's the 30th of December mm-hmm. when they're visiting um, Calgary. So they've got time for Cody Jamison and Austin Shanks to potentially Um, you know, heal up from injury. Uh, It's an outer division matchup. So even if they don't have those two guys back, they go with a little bit of a lighter lineup. Um, They can afford to lose that game, I would say. Um, But certainly things are looking dicey uh, down in Halifax, but that just shows you the depth that they have Mm -hmm. in this organization and how important it is. On the flip side, Toronto, I don't think this is a panic button game. Um, I think when you look, they outscored them in that second half. Um, I believe it was six to four. Um, they showed some fight in the second half. And to be quite frankly, I don't think we'll see the Toronto rock play that bad in that, like how they, how they did in the first. Um, yeah. and Nick Rose wasn't his best, best performance. He'll, he'll bounce back. The rock will be okay. Philadelphia, uh, is two and oh, they knock off the riptide 14, 12. They've played two games, one against Panther city, one against the riptide and their goal differential is three. Uh, an overtime win in week one. They eco to two get goal win this weekend. Um, is this a case of them playing down to their opponents or their opponents playing up to them? And if it's the latter, is that concerning? Ooh, the way you word that, I mean, the way I was thinking before was, ah, well, you know what? They, they just kind of gotten off to a slow start, but, you know, good teams find ways to win when things are going well. But now that you bring that up, maybe they're not as, uh, as an elite of a team as we thought they were, but it's early. I hate these small sample sizes Mm -hmm. and trying to gauge where everyone is. I think they're going to be fine. Um, You know, I, I think that this is just a case where, you know, when you are a top team, some of these teams like to, you know, play up to their competition and, um, you know, at the end of the day, all that matters is that they've got those two victories. They don't care how they're going to win uh, or what the score is. As long as they have more goals at the, than the other team at the end, they're okay with that. Uh, sidebar. Yeah. Um, I think Philly is going to be fine. I, I think they ran into two young teams um, that are playing up to their level and they just got caught in some gunfights. Um, note from that game, Jeff T put on the COVID list. 
Uh, we don't know if he has it or if he was in close contact, um, but he and Corey Highfield were also uh, on a, in a different game was put on a COVID list. And we're seeing this start to filter throughout the NBA, NFL, NHL. Should we be concerned? It's hard not to be concerned, Teddy, mm-hmm. to be quite frank. It seems like every time you refresh Twitter, there's a new athlete going on the COVID, COVID list. I think for National Lacrosse League, um fans maybe you could be a little bit more hopeful considering these guys aren't getting tested every day they have you know whereas in the nhl and the nba these guys are around each other all the time they're traveling all across north america running into more people um like i said they're getting tested every day so obviously you're you're more likely to test positive when you're getting tested all the time so with the nll as long as these players are doing a great job you know wearing their masks keeping their social distance throughout the week limiting the amount of people that they see throughout the week before they take off i think there's probably a less likely chance that we'll see um some cases but mm-hmm. i don't want to say this feels like what happened with rudy gobert uh, a few years ago when this thing started but i'm starting to feel some of the same vibes yeah, it's it's scary every every day. Uh, you just you just have no idea. But we still have a cross, so we can still talk about it. Warriors knock off Panther City, uh, fourteen eight in Panther City's very first home game. Uh, the crowd was a little sparse. Um, I think they announced like seven thousand. Um, but you know that that's a team that that's going to struggle. Uh, obviously, that first game was you know a, a bit of a flash in the pan against Philadelphia, taking them to overtime. They kind of get brought back down to earth, fourteen eight. But there were some bright spots. Uh, Triolo's playing well. Dawson Feed got in and played well. But the Vancouver Warriors, off to a two and zero start, are, are looking the real deal. Yeah, I mean we'll, we'll obviously do a little more of a deep dive when we talk to our guest today, Mitch Jones. But um, this is a this is a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they, you know, they played them and then, you know, for me, it's just, we'll go, actually, I'll, I'll go into with Panther city first. Yeah. They're a team that they're going to compete, you know, every single, every single time they're out on the floor, Tracy Koleski has clearly built this, you know, compete, compete, work hard, hard nose culture. That's not the issue. The, the issue is that it is still an expansion roster. So they do lack some of that depth at certain positions that can, you know, dig deep and, and get you out of those holes. Um, so they're a team that's going to struggle at some points throughout the year. This is a game where they, they, they did struggle, but for me, it's also a, a fact that the Warriors, I think are just a legitimate team this year mm-hmm. that is, they, they showed you that they can win with their defense, but they also can win with their offense here. They exploded for like, I thought their first game, it was really just Mitch Jones taking over in the second half uh, and asserting his dominance to make sure while the defense and bouquet held things down. Whereas this one here was, you know, they were unbelievable in transition and their offense really started to click and their defense and goaltending was good enough to keep Panther city at bay for an eight spot. Yeah, absolutely. Panther city did kind of start to claw their way back and, and read, or sorry, Brett Mitski was uh, their captain kind of on record saying he wasn't happy with how the Warriors ended that game. That's not a sign of a championship team, he's saying. Um, so we'll see how they bounce back. They've got the rush at home this weekend, uh, which will be a massive contest. Uh, on Saturday, Buffalo uh, takes on Rochester 12-8 in another classic I-90 battle. Bandits improved to 0-2. Nighthawks uh, are now 1-1. 
Um, this this Buffalo Bandits team continues to impress and show that they can score multiple ways. I think the biggest thing for me was just the way that this game went. Um, you know, they jump out to a three nothing lead, then Rochester takes over four three at the end of the half. Um, and then I think it was a, a tied game after the third. And it was that fourth quarter. The Bandits just asserted their dominance and said, we're not losing mm-hmm. this game. And yeah, they also scored them 6-2. 6-2 and fourth. So yeah. they're, they're a team that I that they could score so many different ways um, on offense. Um, obviously, like, you know, Fields puts up a six spot. Um, Bucky with four. Dane with four. Josh Byrne has, you know, three assists. So, on the offense, they're they're certainly they're not going to struggle to put the ball in the net. Um, but adding in Ian McKay and Matt Spanger, I think, was a huge mm-hmm. boost to defense as well. Because I think a lot of people, their question mark right now is how good is this defense? Uh, is it going to be too much of relying on Matt Vince, um, or can the defense help out? And I think adding two veterans, which is crazy to say, those two guys are veterans now in this league, but. Um, this is a young defense and some of those guys that have only been in the league for one, two, three years are going to have to play um, like they've been in the league for 10. San Diego absolutely dominates Colorado and they are now five and one against the mammoth all time. Frank Giuliano is four and one in those games. Um, I don't know what film Patrick Merrill has on Colorado and what secret formula he has to beating them. But San Diego holds Colorado to four. Frank Chiliano plays absolutely outstanding. And the Seals get to one and one. Yeah, that's just one of those cases where it's, you know, a team just has their number. And, and San Diego certainly has that with Colorado. Um, the offense looked great. Trey LeClaire puts up five points. Um Dane Doby scores a hat trick to his goals. <laughs> Unbelievable, just ridiculous stuff from yeah. him. Um, but from top to bottom, I just saw no holes in that Seals offense and in their defense. And obviously, you know, Shillahano as well. From top to bottom, they were they were lights out. And it was so completely different from what we saw in that first game against Vancouver. They looked out of sorts, they looked uncomfortable. Um, they just looked like they didn't start the season on time, whereas they hit the ground running in this game. And I don't know which team to expect going forward. Is it the team, you know, was this just a, you know, a case of a team that has their number um, and we're going to see more from game one or is wouldn't game one, just a really bad start with, you know, so many new faces in that lineup. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be somewhere closer mm-hmm. in the middle, but I'm leaning towards this team because I thought at the starting of the year, this could be a championship level caliber team after seeing what they could do here, the defense, and especially if Chiliano can keep playing like this, why not? I think maybe the opposite side of that coin in question is which Colorado mammoth team are we going to see going forward? The team that put up 16 on Georgia or the team that got held to four in their home opener against San Diego. So um, you know, th- there's questions for both those clubs of Je- maybe a little Jekyll and Hyde, which one's going to show up as the season goes on. Uh, the final game of the weekend, uh, oh, sorry, the final game on Saturday, Calgary, Saskatchewan, the game that we, we talked about it, 11-10, the Roughnecks win it, Jesse King with a backhand flip to Zach Hairwires for the game winner. Uh, but I thought Christian Del Bianco stole the show in that fourth quarter. He was absolutely phenomenal. And it was... Just a case that Saskatchewan just couldn't get a bounce to go their way. 
Yeah, and a lot of that was the same in that fourth quarter against Halifax. Um, mm. Like, let's be honest, like there's a lot of chatter about, oh my God, the rush are 0-2 to start the season. Like, but it's two one-goal games. Yeah. An overtime where they almost scored um, in Halifax. And then here where they just got goalied in the fourth quarter. Um, and I'm not saying this is Adam Shute's fault because he was fine, but you look at the saves. 49 for Delbianco and 25 for shoot and 25 for shoot. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So again, I still think that they're fully confident in in Adam shoot. And I think that they Mm -hmm. have no reason not to be, Um, but they're, you know, this is just shows you how important when you have an elite goaltender, um, especially down in the late stages of the game, uh, they can steal games for you. Mm-hmm. Final game of the weekend, Georgia takes on Rip, uh, New York Riptide, beat them 14-10. Riptide fall to 0-3. Um, we kind of talked about it last week. Would this be a panic button situation? I, I don't think it is. And there might be a little concern depending on how long Jeff Teed is out, but maybe they kind of start putting some feelers out there, uh, maybe some goaltenders. Um, Orleman didn't look great. Goa Abrams hasn't looked great. Um, but the Swarm finally get – the mojo going and put up 14 and get their first win of the season, which I think is a huge boost for them because there was maybe some concern after that opening game, like we talked about against Colorado. Yeah. And I think you just have to look at, at Lyle Thompson, mm-hmm. five goals, 10 points. What a, what a night. five assists. Um, he was unbelievable. And, and that's the type of performances that we, you know, that we're going to have to expect from them because, you know, a lot of those familiar faces, um, Shane Jackson, surprise, surprise, scores another hat trick as well. Um, but I think Georgia is is showing that, you know, they're not the same team that you can expect, but they're going to be competing and they're not going to fall off a cliff like a lot of people think. Uh, but on the flip side with the Riptide, uh, you could chalk this one up for them falling asleep in the second quarter. Um, you know, yeah. it's 4-3 four, four, at the start, then they get blown out 4 nothing. Uh, in that second quarter, and then you know they win the the third quarter, uh, four three, and then the fourth quarter it's three three. They almost claw back, just kind of run out of time, lose by four. Um, but if you don't, you know, you don't hit the snooze button for that second quarter, it's a completely different game. And uh, this is a young team. I know there are some guys uh, that have been in the league for a while, but you ask anyone around the league, coaching staff, players, you can't take a full quarter off uh, and no. expect to. And that's certainly what's what happened uh, on Sunday night. Or you could also say, yeah, you could also say if they had Jeff Teat in the lineup for those two games, they easily could have won both those games. But ifs and buts, as they say, Patty, ifs and buts. Um, that's a wrap up for week two. Uh, we'll get into week three when we talk about best bets in a little bit. But first, we got to get to our guest this week. Mitch Jones and the Vancouver Warriors are indeed 2-0. Some say, well, they've played two road games against two teams that struggled, but Again, ifs and buts. They return home for their home opener against the Saskatchewan Rush, a team that they have historically struggled with. But he's not thinking about that. He's thinking about spreading some holiday cheer with his boys, being around family, and getting ready for their home opener. This is Mitch Jones, one-on-one, right here on the Off the Crossbar podcast. Coming off a big road win in Panther City, the Vancouver Warriors return home 2-0 for the first time in quite a long time. A big part of that is our next guest, Mitch Jones of the Wars. Jonesy, how are you, bud? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Doing well. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, it's got to be a lot of confidence 
in that group right now, coming back through a home opener after wins in San Diego and down in Fort Worth? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously 2-0 is uh, the start we're looking for. Um, definitely a lot of confidence in our group. I think the way we've done it too, I mean, even thrown in our exhibition game there, just being able to come from behind a couple of times. I think uh, since I've been in Vancouver, I think we've done that once before these last two. So just a confidence builder there. Um, not something you always want to find yourself in, but just knowing we can we can stick to it and um, kind of ride, ride through some highs and lows in a game. I think that's a big confidence builder for this group. Having not played in two years, to have those first two games on the road, to, you know, kind of be away from home, be in the hotel and the airports with the boys, how much does that kind of help the continuity and the chemistry and the bond of this group in the early part of the season? I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, our coaching staff's done a great job over training camp, getting us together, um, kind of building that team chemistry. I think with all the excitement we had to get back, I think we also maybe forgot about the grind of the road trips. Um, as fun as they are, you got to take care of your bodies. You got to, there's, there's some moving parts towards it, especially with the added travel restrictions and all that. So I think it was good for us to get two of those out of the way and uh, obviously have successful road trips while doing it. Um, and then kind of moving forward here, it's going to be pretty fun to be at home. We get to walk into Rogers Arena and uh, be back there again in front of our fans. Obviously, you guys had a, a pretty big uh, core group remaining on offense, but you bring in a couple of, you know, fresh faces into the lineup. Uh, Marty Dinsdale, one of them, obviously never really blows you away with the numbers that he puts in, but he's certainly, a, a, you know, a cog in an offense that you need those type of guys. How helpful has he been for your offense so far this year? For sure. I mean, Marty's a guy I grew up playing against, so obviously pretty familiar with him there. Um, when free agency came, I was I was pushing to have him there. He's a just a very smart lacrosse player, does a lot of little things well. Um, he's been on many winning teams, a Minto Cup champ, NLL champ. Um, he's a guy who gets it and uh, isn't going to demand touches or demand plays for him or stuff like that. And, he, and there's going to be times where we feed him the ball. He, I've seen him get hot as well. Um, but yeah, just a very smart lacrosse player who definitely helps us. And he adds to kind of our, our group of eight now that we've had. We've never, I don't think we've had a group of eight this strong uh, since I've been here. How much has Caleb Toth done with that offense? You know, he, he he got brought on right before sort of the pandemic was kicking in. He never got to coach a game. He never got to be on the bench with you guys. And um, I've known KT for quite a long time, and he is as fire a competitor as they come. Uh, what's it been like having him on the bench? Dollar's been fun. He brings a lot to us. Um, another guy who I'd just say he gets it. He's been around. He, he knows what it takes. He knows um, kind of how to read his players. And, and it's been early. Like you said, he was there. I think he was there for one practice last year. Yeah. Um, and his first practice, yeah, pretty quiet. Like, uh, was just getting his toes wet. And then we got shut down. So this year he's had a little more chance to, to get to know us and vice versa. And uh, no, he's been nothing but good for us. He, he's pointing us in the right direction. You, you look at your guys offense and I think it was even on this podcast Teddy and I were talking about before the season started the potential that you guys had to be a top offense this year but I think the so you know you guys off to the two and0 start with the offense clicking isn't really a surprise I think a lot of people are taken back with how good the defensive look and then especially Alex bouquet how impressed have you been uh, with your goaltenders play early on in the season for sure yeah I mean I think a lot of the questions directed at me sometimes are about our offense but if you look at our game in San Diego, I think we had eight goals. We had it was our defense driving the bus there. We had a couple timely goals that helped us, um, but our defense has been strong as ever. I've been, I've been a Buki guy for years. I I was pushing for him to 
if you look at where he's played and maybe his stats don't jump at the page or whatever, maybe, but he's been traveling across the country, kind of going to war in this league for a long time and uh, got him back home now on and with a group of guys in front of him who believes in him and, and, and a good de- a defense he believes in. I think it's a, a great fit. And um, hopefully the first two games are uh, kind of a measure of what's to come. I, I think a lot of eyes on your team have been focused on Reed Bowering and, and just the, the sheer dominance he's kind of showed and comfortability he's shown in, in the pro game. Is it a surprise to you to see him having such early success? No, not really. I mean, he's uh, just, you hear the guys talking about him after we drafted him, you hear different coaches of his, different guys who played with him. Um, everyone was kind of on, on the same page. Hey, this kid's a stud and this kid's going to be able to do it at the next level. Um, for a guy like me, who I mean, I'm w- obviously welcoming that talent in. There's always like a, hey, let's, let's see what you can do, kid, kind of uh, first impression. But he's he's kind of shown what he can do. And um, I think he's just scratching the surface. I think he's a, he's a guy who can be a game changer at any time. And uh, just an intellectual, just a good instinctive player to go along with his, his physical skills. So I'm excited to, to see what he's going to do. Hopefully it uh, doesn't look me off on breakaways anymore, though. We've been- <laughs> <laughs> Not already, but he's uh, pretty receptive. So I think he's going to be very good for us. That was actually going to be my next question. Has uh, Kangaroo Court happened yet? Uh, do we know how big the fine is for for looking off the leading scorer on uh, empty netter? There's actually, I don't think there's going to be a fine for looking off the leading scorer, but there is a, a standard issue uh, 24 case of beer for missing an empty net. Um, yeah. So that one will be enforced. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll let the, yeah, I'm not going to find him for looking me off this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a war. What, yeah, absolutely. What's the mood around around that team? Obviously, you have a bunch of characters, and I think you know the biggest character is Tyrell Hamer Jackson. You know, and his TikTok videos and all the stuff that he does. Now he's kind of gotten you into making some videos, and you guys are kind of getting into that. And it's it seems like you guys are having a lot of fun. It is early, but I, I think just the mood around your team seems different. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's one of the, it's one of if not the best I've been around in my time, especially in Vancouver for sure. Um, like you said, I mean, we got the young guys coming in doing their TikToks and dances, whatever we got, we got characters up and on the board, like just of note, I mean, Buki and Fryer, both, I, I know goalies are goalies, but they're two of the best characters, if not, uh, that I've seen. Um, and just, they're always, they're, they're guys who lighten the mood, no matter what they're doing. Um, Hammer's a guy who's, who's always on that guy doesn't have an off button. He's just always bringing energy to the table, reads, reads. Uh, I'm getting to know him pretty well. He's a silent, strong type, but he's, uh, he makes me laugh. A lot of things he's doing around the room. Um, no, it's been, it's been a lot of fun with this group. Um, even adding a couple of veteran guys who I think have really, uh, Garrett McIntosh and, and Brett Mitski have really kind of rounded out, um, our, our leadership and, and shown some strong, strong stuff and can teach these kids what it takes to be a pro. Um, so no, I'm really looking forward to what, what this group can do this year. Starting off 2-0, uh, both on the road. You guys come home, uh, home opener, TSN game of the week. Uh, and then you have the Saskatchewan Rush 0-2 um, rolling into town. Um, you know, what's the preparation been like? Obviously, that's a team that's 0-2, not playing the best of their abilities, but also a, a team that you guys know can turn it on at, at any moment. Is it a big game this week? It's, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a big game. Nope. No pressure yeah, or anything. <laughs> uh, I've answered this question a few times this week. I mean, people want to talk about 2-0, 0-2, but that Saskatchewan team's been been a top contender in this league for since I've been in the league, probably almost 10 years now. Um, 
I think as as fun and exciting it would be for us to go three and zero. I think they're going to have this even stronger, just as strong feelings to not go in that zero and three hole. So um, got a bit of a clash there as far as records go, but we're not making any mistake. That's a good Saskatchewan team. That's uh, they got a lot of bodies over there that we got to be worried about, and we're we're preparing as if it's our first game, whatever it may be. Um, added bonus that we're at home, and uh, there's obviously mad excitement through that. Um, but yeah, nothing, uh, nothing crazy changes week to week. Just uh, a lot of factors putting a little extra on this one. We got a, we got a three, four week break after we got Christmas coming up. We got the opportunity to go three and zero, which would really put a stamp on on our early season, uh, kind of where we want to be. So yeah, I would say it's a big game. All right, let's step into the power play. Give you a bit of a break from all these serious questions. Um, first off, for me, what's the what's the Christmas gift that you always wanted but never got? Oh, um, was I spoiled? I think I got all the stuff I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was big into the new hockey gear, and I I think I usually got treated like the, uh, pretty well with that. Um, you know what I wanted when I was really young? I wanted one of those cars you could drive around. My parents said not a chance. <laughs> like the the big wheels like yeah only the really small kids have those yeah right <laughs> uh you mentioned at hockey obviously so favorite hockey player of all time Ooh, uh yarma yager nice nice um i'll actually. stick with the hawk i'll stick Bobby with the hockey probably are actually but number two yeah there you go i'll stick with the hockey theme if lacrosse didn't win where would you be in your hockey career you think Oh, the NHL. I don't know. That's a good guy. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I played a lot of hockey. There's uh, there's so many hockey players and there's so many kind of, they come from all over the world. Um, I, I thought about going to Europe and playing and, and kind of doing the minor league grind kind of thing. So I'd probably still be grinding out in the minor league somewhere. That's probably where I'd be. Um, pre-game meal. Uh I would tell people my only superstition is I'm not superstitious. So I, I could eat anything. I've been eating a nice, sometimes I do bacon and eggs. Sometimes I do a steak. Um, sometimes it's like yogurt and fruit. I don't know. It could be anything. Uh, we mentioned uh, hammer and his TikToks. Uh, will we ever see you run the logs with him? Uh, you know, no, they never say no. <laughs> we talk about the photo the summer when we cross, cross the logging path. I'll, uh, I'll go help him out and, what do you call it? Latch, latch, a, latch a chain, hook a, hook a, hook a log. Okay. Hook a log, latch a chain. Yeah. I've seen the video. Got all the time. Yeah, I think I could get it done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, worst dresser on the Warriors? Well, uh, <laughs> early season, probably Steve Fryer. He's uh, <laughs> been all over the place. Yeah, but he's, he's trying. Um, all the... Yeah, all the buzz around your team a couple of years ago was uh, having Biz Nasty come in to, uh, you know, do that little scene you guys had. How bad was he? Uh, Biz, is, he, Biz is a character at heart, and he was he was in his acting groove, and his his character was a bad player. I will say that, <laughs> <laughs> and he he had no he had no problem playing that. It was pretty natural for him. Um, like he was awesome for us. He came in, treated us well. We, we all welcomed him, and uh, he's a true pro. He, he knew what he was doing, and his uh, his acting skills kind of blew me away, really. He, he was on from the minute he got in there, and uh, he did, did a pretty good job for us. Yeah, I heard he was a perfectionist when it came to him getting tossed into the boards or getting slashed or everything like that. So uh, the, one, um, the one scene sorry, I, go ahead. 
So yeah, with him getting tossed in the boards, like we had billets trying to run him through the boards. He's like, no, harder, harder. And like <laughs> flying everywhere. Everyone's kind of watching, like, is he sure? Is he sure? Like this guy's getting old. <laughs> well, Teddy started with it's all finished with this one. What you what's your favorite Christmas gift you've ever got before? Favorite Christmas gift. Um you did say you were spoiled, so obviously it's a Christmas gift. But I got my very first Christmas tree up. What do you guys think? Oh, this is my starter tree. So <laughs> little, it's it's better than my Christmas lights behind me, bud. Yeah. <laughs> my, my pride and joy right now. I turned thirty years old and I got a Christmas tree now. That's impressive. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, I got I got one last one for you. What's the better record, personal record for you? Um, Thirteen points in a Mento game or thirty nine points in a Man Cup series? Uh, I got to go with the mental one just cause we, we got the win there and I, that Quillam team we played, I got about 12 silver medals growing up, uh, in my closet. And then I got to kind of get over the hump there in my final year junior song was pretty special. Beautiful. Um, so let's get back into it. Uh, we talked about the home game. We talked about Saskatchewan. It's going to be your first time playing against Matt beers in quite some time since, you know, probably your junior days. Uh, what's it going to be like seeing him in black and green instead of gold and black? I've also answered that question a few times this week. <laughs> um, I I don't think it's going to be all that much. I mean, he he was our captain. He was with us for a couple of years. Um, he's no longer. So that's kind of last we thought about that. He, he made his decision to to go elsewhere. And I mean, I'm going to prepare like any defense. I know Saskatchewan's got a lot of guys uh, to be worried about to, to pay attention to, and he's one of them. So I'm going to go about my business like I usually do. And uh, yeah, I don't know if they'll be, I'll give him a, give him a nod out there if I see him. <laughs> do, do him and do him and mids have to fight each other for their old Jersey numbers or what? But yeah. I think that was a clean, <laughs> that was a clean swap they made. Um, yeah. We we're, we we're teasing Brett. We're like, Oh, they just, they just got lazy and kept the C on his Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> just change the name bar. That's yeah. It. <laughs> just switch the name bar. They're, they're saving money on that one, but no. Um, I mean, speaking of Brett, Brett's, I can't say enough good stuff about that guy. I've known him for mm-hmm. a while too. And uh, we're all excited to, to get him in. And I think he surprised Gilly too. I don't know him and Gilly were, didn't know each other on a personal level, um, but through training camp, they got to know each other and he's, he's been nothing but, but excellent for us. And uh, I'm happy to have him. We mentioned about, you know, TSN game of the week, obviously uh, they, they picked a great game. I don't know if, if they knew how important this early on in the season, this game would be, but um, just from, you know, from a lacrosse standpoint, how big is it that, you know, the national lacrosse league every single week, they're going to have a game of the week here for, for new lacrosse fans to discover the game. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, I'd, uh, I think I watched my first one last week with Teddy on the broadcast and it, it's a great production. It's, it's what we need to get people to see this game. And, and I think it was, it was a one goal game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just get some good lacrosse on TV and have people see it. I know I've been getting lots of, lots of texts, family, friends, whatever it may be that they're aware, not they're aware of it now they're seeing it. Um, so I think that's awesome. Uh, our first kick of the can here at TSN game of the week. And, and like you said, yeah, it's early as, as far as December games going on all this is, uh, this is a big one. It's been fantastic, buddy. I know uh, you guys are going to get out and do some holiday cheer in the local community. It's, it's a, it's a crazy time for everybody. Um, stay safe, keep yourself healthy and I'll see you Friday night at Rogers. Good luck the rest of the way and uh, have fun, buddy. Happy holidays. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. See you, uh, see you Friday night. 
25 and six, Patty. We didn't want to bring it up because we don't really like to talk negatives, but the Rush are 25 and six all time in the regular season against this Warrior franchise. That is just an absurd stat. Even more so, if my number crunching is correct, the Rush are on a seven game winning streak. Does that break this weekend? Oh, God. I didn't know I was going to have to answer that. It's well, a 50-50 question. Oh, God. I think I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a close game. We've seen two one-goal games for the TSN game of the week. I think that happens again. But I just don't see the rush dropping to 0-3. Um, and obviously, the Warriors would love, love, love to be 3-0 and to start their season, go into the Christmas break. Um, with a ton of momentum but with that being said them going two and one with a loss against Saskatchewan I think if you told them at the start of the year they would be okay with it Mm -hmm. Uh, Saskatchewan will still be upset with a one and two start to their year so I think there's a lot more riding on this rush team to go into Vancouver uh, and, and come out with a victory and with the veterans on their team with the coaching staff the management that they do have I think they're gonna you know throw the kitchen sink at Vancouver here. And I think they're going to come out with a win here, but I think it's still going to be a close game. Um, as Mitch said, you know, this Vancouver team is going to get a bit of a break after this weekend. They don't play again until January 7th when Colorado comes into town. So if you can go three and oh, heading into your Christmas break and have three weeks off, probably a bad time for that Christmas break. But when everybody kind of looked at the start of the season, did anybody think Vancouver would be in this position if they're three and zero? I think a lot of people would think they'd be one and two, but they are proving people wrong. And it's not just Mitch Jones in the offense; it's Reed Bowering in that transition defense. It's the the work of Brett Mitski and Garrett McIntosh, like Mitch said. But Alex Bouquet has been out freaking standing this year. And again, say what you want about the teams that he was playing; you still have to make the saves when you are called upon and he's got an 11 goals against average, right? No, he's even better than that. His goals against average is paltry. And it's, it's ridiculous to think of how good he is playing with a seven and a half goals against and a 0.861 save percentage. When in years past, like the last year he was one and eight on a very subpar expansion New York team with a 13.7 goals against he's cutting all of his numbers in half and he's playing ridiculous and it's not just you know the the amount of saves that he's making it's it's the timely saves in Mm -hmm. the fourth quarter and it's not just you know Vancouver allowing him to see the ball from the outside he's had to make some 10 bell saves you know deep in games like he's been excellent and kudos to him I'll, I'll I'll be honest I didn't really love the way that Vancouver handled their goaltending situation. I, I thought, you know what, like even just them bringing in three quote unquote unproven goaltenders, they get rid of Eric Penny a lot earlier than I thought. So that clearly indicated they trusted, uh, they, they trusted their man. They were going to ride him and it seems to be working right now. Uh, Bouquet has been unbelievable and you kind of love to see that, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you go all in on a player. It's a lot of pressure on them, but he's, he's jumped out of the challenge. Mind you, it's only two games here. Um, you know, if he has a bad game, everyone's going to jump on him and say, Oh, it was just a lucky two games. But um, 
I think he, I, I think maybe we're seeing a, you know, a, a rejuvenation of his, his career here. Absolutely. Um, let's get into, before we get to week three, let's do our final week two roundup uh, best four D goalie and rookie. Um, I'll let you go first. Uh, who's on your team? Oh, I already talked about him. Lyle Thompson, a 10 spot. He was doing ridiculous Lyle things. Um, went with my D guy who could be a rookie as well. Reed Bowering. He was mm-hmm. unbelievable. He was the reason, you know, why everyone was so high on him in Vancouver. Um, just an absolute freak on loose balls, scores a hat trick uh, and plays great defense while he was at it. Um, goalie Chiliano. Uh, there's a no brainer there. Uh, you know, anytime a goaltender only allows four goals, um, he's going to deserve his spot there. And the last, but certainly not least for the rookie, um, I'm going with Charlie Bertrand. And mm-hmm. for me, it's, there was probably better performances by rookies stats wise. Um, but for me, the way he has just kind of progressed in the box game has been so, so impressive. Um, I watched that preseason game uh, in Rochester and I said, at some times you're like, whoa, how did he do that? Um, mm. And that just shows you his athleticism, um, his stick skills, just how big of a body is. And then sometimes you'd be like, whoa, why is he doing that right now? And you could tell he hasn't, you know, he didn't pick up the box game, but only two games in, he is really looking comfortable out there. Um, yeah. He's soaked up everything. He doesn't look out of place. And for me, you know, six points through two games, not blowing anyone away, but it's the way he's playing. It's the way he's adapted to the indoor game. That has been really impressive to me. And I think we're only going to see him get better and better each week. Yeah. I think, you know, um, speaking of, you know, guys who kind of picked it up late, him and Charlie kitchen have been two rookies that have surprised me thoroughly. And I know Kitch has played a little bit of lacrosse uh, with the beach, but two guys that kind of found that game late and have been thoroughly impressive uh, in the early goings this year. Absolutely. I mean, you know me, I, 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 I you like love Chucky your beach. Kitchen. Yeah. I, I love, I love my beach boys. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, watching him play junior, a, you knew he was going to excel. Um, I don't know. How, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, a superstar or anything in this league, but he's a guy that, you know, when the beaches picked him up in that draft and then lost them. Um, and then, you know, wanted to trade back. You knew that they had the trust in him that he was going to be able to 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 be a player here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're both huge bodies. Like I was surprised. I, I thought Charlie Kitchen was just a little mucker, like a little water bug that just kind of banged and crashed. I didn't realize he was so big when I saw him in that first game there, which was thoroughly impressive. Um, all right, my team, uh, Kira McCardle, uh, out the front door, two games, fourteen points, uh, both losses for the Riptide, but. You know, in the absence of Jeff Teat, to have a guy like Kieran McCardle be able to step up and have that impressive of a weekend um, was just outstanding to see. My defender is Ryan Dilk. Showed up only a few hours uh, before game time uh, in Saskatchewan and just had an absolutely monster performance, was causing turnovers, finding loose balls, creating offensive transition, um, just continually showing why he is one of the best defenders in our sport. I agree with you, Frank Chiliano. Um, was the best goalie of the week. No need to go any further on that one. Um, and I had Bowering down for my rookie, but we've kind of touched on him a, a bunch in this game, and I still think he was outstanding. But I'm going to stick with the New York theme and, and go with Larson Sundown. And uh, Sonny had another nice game uh, in his first year in the National Cross League and continues to be a good boost. And I think when 
New York lost Longboat. They were able to be confident in that move because they added a guy like Larson Sundown. So uh, really happy to see Sonny having some early success with the Riptide and hope it continues to put up good numbers. Uh, before we finish round two, you added this note. Um, the struggles of Stefan LeBlanc. Is that concerning? Just, we talked about Halifax and the injuries and their depth, but they brought in Steph LeBlanc to be a huge part of this offense with the absence and loss of Ryan Benesh. How concerned is Micah Kersey and that staff with the lack of production from LeBlanc? For me, I don't think, obviously, there, there's going to be some concern. And, you know, he's a guy that has a lot of miles on him in this league. So you're thinking like, oh, no, was the layoff? Was he one of the players that actually the layoff wasn't good for? But I think you can't really assess the situation until you see Cody Jamison in that lineup. Um, because yeah. with the lefties that they had rolling out there, you know, Eric Fennell, Kyle Jackson, um, Nungo Thompson, who ended up having himself a great game. <laughs> yeah, it was playing, a great game for Nungo. Play, playing, playing out the Odor, a D guy that, you know, only, you know, was playing junior B two years ago. Um, yeah. So if you look at that, I mean, obviously all those players are, 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 are fantastic players. None of them are, are a number one lefty. Um, and then you put Steph LeBlanc there. He has been a number one lefty in his career. I don't know if he's a number one lefty at this point. So you look at when he was playing, and that's a Saskatchewan game, first game in two years, going up against, you know, Ryan Dilks. Um, I think it was almost every single time he was out on the floor, um, Kyle Rubish was checking him. And Kyle yeah. Rubish has his way with some of the best players on planet Earth. So I think we can't really assess that situation until Cody Jamison gets back into the lineup. Yeah, but with that being said, I don't think there, I think it's going to be a short leash. I think this is a team that's going to want to win now. When you look through that lineup, they have so many other options. If he's not performing, I don't know if they're going to healthy scratch him, but I think they'll certainly eliminate his limits, uh, his minutes. Um, maybe, but I, I, he's a guy that I just think you got to wait until this full lineup is here uh, before you can, but it just shows you that boy, having depth in your organization, especially on offense it is so, so important. Um, box bets didn't do as well as we did in week one. No, went two for one in our parlay, but let's get into it. This week's box bets brought to you by cool Bet Canada. <laughs> hey, we're having a good day, lads. And uh, we're still in the mix, baby. <laughs> Time now for Box Bets, your source for all the lines, odds, and props across the NLF. Brought to you by CoolBet.com. Stay cool, bet responsibly. All right, so our boosted parlay goes 2-1. and one. Christian Del Bianco stole all the fun of us going 3-0 and oh on another weekend. But this week we have some good juicy spicy matchups uh where are you looking to sprinkle so i kind of already mentioned one of them i'll go to this one first um so i really like i think my my best bet of the week is calgary roughnecks plus one and a half at minus 105 so mm. throw 10 bucks on there you're getting 952 back and uh return of 1952. So, um, or if you throw a hundred, you know, just add on 
onto that. So 195 is your total winning. So that as well, keep in mind, Calgary doesn't have to win the game. They just have to, you know, win or lose by one. I think that's going to be a close game. You could probably say, well, Pat, why don't you just take them on the money line at plus 160 and get more value? Well, person who's asking me this question. <laughs> Whoa, kind of person. Maybe I'm a little bit of a coward and maybe I'm just, or maybe I'm just a smart better. I'm, I'm losing a little bit of value, but I'm also getting that insurance of that one and a half goals. And yes. If Calgary wins outright, I'll be kicking myself saying, why the heck did I not take it? But for me, just watching Calgary, uh, the way that they played um, on Saturday night, I think this is a team that found their way. And even if they lose games, they're going to be so hard to beat. They're going to grind you. They're going to run you. And Delbianco is not going to get scored on much. So if you're going to give me that plus one and a half, and we're just hoping for a close game here, I think I'm going to take that. Uh, I'm going to stick with the plus one and a half, but I'm going to take Rochester plus one and a half at plus 135 to win. So that's some value there. That is good value. You know, uh, Rochester coming off that tough loss to Buffalo. They're one on one. Albany hasn't played in a couple weeks. They're Owen won. Uh, it's the first game in Albany, another I-90. Now we have three I-90 teams, so there's an extra I-90 three-way rivalry in the National Lacrosse League. But at plus one and a half and plus 135, I like the Nighthawks all day long in that spread. So I just want to clear clear some things up. And I know there are oh. a lot of people that do, that, that do understand this. There's so many times when People are talking about, oh, just up the road from Rochester uh, when they're talking about <laughs> Albany. Like, we're still talking about like a three hour and, and yeah. 45 minutes. It's not drive. as long. It's not as easy of a drive as Buffalo to Rochester, right. which is an hour. Right. I mean, it's still in that central New York area, but I just, the travel, it seems like the, the only thing that scares me with that is that I believe I heard on the back of the bird, uh, Paul Dawson saying they're taking a bus. So the Ontario guys are going to get picked up. They're going to cross the yep. border, pick the, the local guys up there and, and, and take off there. So if it's four and a half hours or sorry, what did I say? Three forty-five from Rochester. Yeah. That's an even longer ride for those Ontario guys. So that's a, mm-hmm. that's a little bit of a long haul. You've got Albany, who's on a bot coming off a buy coming off a tough loss. You know, that coaching staff is probably dissecting everything um, that Rochester's done in the last two games. But on the flip side, you could say, well, Albany's had the buy, you know, they play one game, then they have to sit and then they're back. Whereas Rochester's played two in a row. They're kind of starting to churn the wheels there. So that just me playing devil's advocate. I like yeah, I'm all, yeah, I'm all about the devil's advocates, man. Uh, what's our boosted parlay this week, my friend? So that's the thing. We have not put one together. So let's do, let's, let's show the folks how the, how the sausage is made here. Let's do it on the fly here. We won't be able to get you the listeners, the odds right now, because we always boost them. But what we can do, we'll tell you what the parlay is. By the time the podcast drops, mm-hmm. it will be on our boosted odds page um, on CoolBet, and you'll be able to bet with us. So we're one on one right now. So, my thinking, Teddy, is I like Calgary plus one and a half. You like Rochester plus one and a half. Right mm-hmm. now, that's already paying plus 359. 
Let's okay, love go that. One, let's go one more bet. Let's kind of mm-hmm. talk through some of the lines here. Let's go one okay. more bet. Okay. Add that, okay. and then we'll get it over to the cool bet folks, and they'll boost it for us. If, if I had to, bet, yes. If there let's, was, let's if hear. I had to add one more, if I had to add one okay. more, okay. Uh, Sask Van over twenty two and a half at minus one fourteen. I think that game is a goal fest. Okay, so if we add twenty two and a half. That will boost us all the way up to plus 761. Um, and with the Warriors on the flip side, their defense has been playing so well. Bouquet has been playing so well, but I think if the warrior or sorry, if, if Saskatchewan is going to win here, I think they need to make it a shootout and they need to assert their dominance and they're going to need to come out fast and put the doubt in, in Vancouver. I think if it's a, a, a slow grinded out game, um, that's only going to leave it up for chance. So I think what they're going to want to do is make this a run and gun game, make this a game where they're scoring on the power play. Um, and I, 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 I originally didn't like the over 22 and a half. The more we've been talking about these games, I like it. And can I, can I seal it even more for you? Sure. Um, in the 31 games they've played only 10 times. Has it been under 22? That's what, what's it been in the last five uh just you don't even have to give me the number just how many 20 to like. 10 14 to 10 15 13 12 9 17 7 uh let's see that's over that's over that's over uh three for five on the over four for five on the over lock it in lock it in lock it in you've convinced me you've convinced you me go. all right so rochester plus one and a half calgary plus one and a half in Vancouver, Saskatchewan, your game of the week, over 22 and a half right now, plus 761. But the fine folks at CoolBet will boost that up for us. You'll be able to bet on that. And of course, if you're not on CoolBet just yet, that's no problem. Uh, you can log on, coolbet.com, sign up, and put in the bonus code OTCB, and we will double your first deposit up to $200 Canadian. Terms and conditions do apply. Uh, but like we said, NLL on that sidebar, world juniors are coming up, college basketball is heating up. We've got bowl games for NCAA this weekend. And then of course, NHL, NBA, and NFL always available on CoolBet. Stay cool. That responsibly. Cool. That responsibly. All right. Week three uh, in the National Lacrosse League, um, all six Western teams play and all six Western teams play on Friday night. Colorado, Panther City, San Diego, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Vancouver. I want to start with San Diego, Calgary, the return of Dane Doby to Calgary. What uh, ovation he is going to get at the start of that game, followed by 60 minutes of straight boot. Yeah, it's that's exactly what's going to happen. It, it's going to be that standing ovation. 
He's going to have his hand up. They might even have a, I hope they do the, you know, a tribute on the, on the video, video yeah. during the first uh, TV timeout. Uh, but then as soon as he touches that ball, I think he's going to be littered with booze. And I think that's the <laughs> way he would want it to be anyway. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You know, the, Absolutely. The, the chapter has changed, um, you know, and, and it's crazy to say the first time I saw him in that, that purple and yellow, I was like, this just looks so weird. Now it yeah. looks like he looks normal in it like that. that It just looks like he's been there. And um, I know it's going to be weird because, you know, so much change in that organization with the turf and with the new Jersey. So it's not going to feel like he's back in that building, but certainly going to be an emotional night for him. And I don't know what the cool bet props are for Dane Doby, um, but I think I'm going to hammer all of them because I think he's <laughs> I know I took Calgary plus one and a half. That still doesn't mean that uh, Dobie can't uh, light up Delby Angle for a couple. Yeah. That'll be a, a nice little battle between those dudes. They know each other extremely well. Uh, Colorado at Panther City, uh, the second game in a row down there at Dickey's Arena. Uh, as we mentioned, the Mammoth were held to four goals or last game. Uh, I really think Pat Cole gets this group turned around. I uh, mean, gets them playing a little bit better, but this might be the perfect time for Panther City to get their first win off a team that is that is coming off a very struggle bus kind of game. Yeah, this this one is this one here. You know, if you if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, um, you know the lines plus one fifty for Panther City, Colorado's minus one eighty five. Um, I don't I don't feel confident betting either side. Um, mm-hmm. quite frankly, and I know it's minus 180 anyway, so you should be feeling confident with a bet like that. But I think this one's a lot closer, um, just from you know, from from a pregame standpoint. But with that being said, if Calgary came or sorry, Colorado comes in here and blows the doors off Panther City, wouldn't really be surprised. But also, if Panther City, you know, comes in here and gets their first win in organization history, also wouldn't be surprised here. Mm-hmm. This one is kind of the trickiest one here for me, uh, but it's a game that I'm really excited to watch. Yeah. Over under 20 and a half. So if you're uh, still looking for some, some numbers, that's, that's an interesting one. 20 and a half for, for two teams that have put up decent numbers other than than that four goal game, but um, that might just be the anomaly. So, uh, so those are the first two. And then of course, TSN game of the week, Saskatchewan at Vancouver. Uh, We talked about the return of Dane Dobie. Is there as much um, showmanship uh, for the return of Matt Beers, you think? I hope so. I really hope so. Um, maybe not at, you know, to the to the level of, of Dane Doby, considering, you know, he's a former MVP, uh, MVP uh, in a NLL Cup finals. Um, but with that being said, that, that guy was the heart and soul of that, mm-hmm. that team for a very long time. He's put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into that organization. Um, and I really hope they do something special for him um, because he deserves it for the career that he had there uh, him going to Saskatchewan. It's just another chapter in his career. Um, but I really hope they do something and I hope the fans give him a, a nice cheer and same thing. I wouldn't be surprised to, to hear the, the, the booze when he touches the ball, obviously you're not going to touch it as much as Doby, but um, I'm hoping that, that they do something nice for him. 
Originally drafted 13th overall by the Stealth in 2009. It was an all-rookie team member, and it was part of that title run in 2010. 157 games played in his career. But it's also Brett Mitzke's first game against his former team, uh, three-time champ, uh, was taken 12 spots after Matt Beers, played in 170 games. So this is – it's kind of a cool story, you know, two guys – um, that signed as free agents with opposite teams uh, years apart. Uh, two guys that were heart and souls of their teams, big part of their defenses, have won cups with their franchises. Uh, both guys uh, wear number two, have literally swapped jerseys. And like Mitchie said, uh, they might have just kept that C on there for Brett Mitski because he will now be the captain to replace Matt Beer. So a lot of cool storylines, but um, Brad Challenger mentioned this on the broadcast uh, last week. Vancouver trying to go two, 3-0 for the first time since 2010 when they won the Cup. Saskatchewan trying to avoid going 0-3 for the first time since 2011. So a lot on the line for both of these clubs. Yeah, and there's no shortage uh, of storylines. You guys are going to have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great game. But, um, again, I just – the. the it would be awesome for Vancouver to go, you know, three and zero. but I just think there's just so much more riding on Saskatchewan starting 0 and three. And they're a team, if any team could figure it out after starting 0 and three, it's going to be that organization. Yeah. Um, it's just, they're not quite as insulated as they once were. Um, they are obviously missing some, some big pieces on that team, especially offensively. And I think that's maybe the one concern that you could have. Um, and if you go to Evan Sheminar's, I believe it was on his Twitter. He tweeted something. I don't have the numbers or the tweet in front of me, which I probably should. Uh, but he was talking about the production from that offense. It's all coming pretty much from their returning guys and the guys that they've brought in, whether it's, you know, Marshall's uh, Marshall Paulus, um, you know, Dan Lindner is actually one of the only ones that has contributed some points. They have missed a lot of production from some of those new faces uh, and it's been those guys, the Mark Matthews, the Robert Churches, the Ryan Keenans, the guys that are carrying the heavy load. But I think before the season, we said that those guys were going to be the ones that are, are leaned on. Um, four returning rush forwards have 18 points. The three new rush forwards have five points. Three of them have come from Lintner. Last week's game, 18 points from the returning players, two points, and both came from Lintner. So, yeah, those, those new faces and- need to kind of – kind of step up and we talked about LeBlanc struggling. What about Josh Courier? Yeah. And he's struggling. And I will say uh, the Saskatchewan offense is, is very intricate. You almost Mm. need a degree to be able to understand what they do. The reason why you heard Dan Littner's names a couple of times, well, he played in that offense in junior. Um, You know, he, he played with Keenan. Uh, He played with Bubba. Um, so he knows how to run that offense, right? Uh, it's some of those other guys. And, and Courier is a unique player. He's not a, I wouldn't call him really a guy that fits well into a lot of systems. He's kind of a, you know, he uses his athleticism and he, he always scores those crazy goals, right? So mm-hmm. maybe he's not going to fit in this offense or maybe it's just going to take him a little while uh, to figure things out. Uh, but it certainly looks like he's not really in sync right now with the offense, We'll have to wait and see if he's going to be able to figure it out. Uh, so those are your three Friday games. Um, all six Western teams in action. Uh, Saturday night, Philadelphia at Toronto and Rochester at 
Albany. We kind of already talked about the Rochester Albany game. Haven't really touched Philadelphia, Toronto. Um, yeah. I think this is a big test. And we kind of talked about early, you know, Philadelphia 2 0. They played Panther City and they've played New York. Now they're going to get a real test going into Toronto on the road, take on the Rock, their first road game of the year. Uh, this will be a big test for Paul Day and his troops. It will. And I, I you mentioned it. You can say what say what you will, but they played down to, to their competition. Or even if the other teams played up to their competition, you know, they did find a way to pull away at the end and come out with a win. Um, but this is a measuring state. We you know were those two games a little bit fluky. Can, are, are they a true top elite team? Um, is their offense as good as, you know, a lot of people in coming into the season thought um, is Zach Higgins going to be able to kind of figure things out and get back to form. I, he hasn't been bad. Don't get me wrong, yeah. um, but he hasn't been a goaltender of the year through the first two games on the flip side, Toronto, we saw what they could do against Albany um, with that 10, nine victory. Very impressive. But one thing to keep in mind, you know, they scored five goals on the power play. They were five of six. Two mm -hmm. of those goals were broken plays. So they technically really only scored three true set power play goals. And the other thing, no one, you know, you know I, I, I believe I brought this up, was no Brett Manny. And they also were missing, who else? There's another, uh, Bomberry. They're missing mm. Bomberry as well. That's two of their top PK specialists. So maybe Albany's, you know, PK wasn't as strong as it normally is. And Toronto had a couple of extra looks, um, but their power play was not the same against Halifax. But with that being said, I think they're going to figure things out. They got to get that transition game going. They did in the yeah. fourth, um, but they need to be better. Uh, Challen Rogers, I don't say he's, you know, hasn't lived up to what, what he can, but he just hasn't been challenged Rogers. He hasn't been yeah. one of the best players on the planet. He's been fantastic, but unfortunately for challenge Rogers, you expect more than just greatness, right? Yeah. It'd be a nice matchup, you know, contextually of Matisse and Rogers, two guys who play very similar yeah, very uh, roles for their teams. Uh, Matisse has had a fantastic start to the season, whereas Challen Rogers has kind of gotten out of the gate slow. So um, this will be a, a definite um, eye test for, for both of these clubs. Uh, the final game, Rochester at Albany, we, we kind of touched on it. But, you know, this is this is a big momentum game for, for these teams as well, because these, you know, everyone saw Albany when the season ended due to COVID. They were at top of the list, but, you know, they lost some key pieces. And now they come out of the gate 0-1. Are they a true contender? Is Rochester going to be, you know, a team that's pushing for one of those three or four playoff spots or four or five playoff spots possibly in the East? If Rochester comes out with a win in this game, they definitely vault themselves into contention as being a playoff team and really puts a dagger into what Albany is trying to do. Yeah, again, I mentioned it already, and I hate, you know, the small sample size at the start yes. of the year. <laughs> Team can figure things out, but at the end of the day, I mean, it, it is a short and like it's a short season, you know, it, it things creep up on you really quickly if you go on a little bit of a skid to start the year. And I know it'd only be an 0 and 2 start for Albany, but um, if they go 0 and 2 out the gate with a team losing to Rochester, a team that they probably see as an inferior opponent or opponent that they should finish higher in the standings that's not going to help them 
um, down the road. Uh, but I think this is a team that I mentioned it, Glenn Clark, Clem Durazio, entire coaching staff. Uh, they're going to dissect everything from this Rochester Nighthawks game. They're going to have their players prepared and put them in the best situations to win this game. It's just, you know, can their players step up to the challenge? Um, Andrew Q was fantastic. I thought um, Joe Rez and Riley O'Connor, those are guys that are, you know, that were great as well. They're going to have to play an even bigger role um, offensively. I think the defense was fine. Doug Jamison was outstanding. I think we're just going to need to see a little bit more from this offensive unit. Well, that kind of wraps up uh, week three in a nutshell, my man. Um, no ESPN game of the week this week, guys. But TSN game of the week is Friday from Vancouver. You got the weekend off. Uh, no travel for you. Um, what are you going to get up to? I think, uh, you know, fingers crossed here, as long as there aren't any restrictions here in Ontario, because as, as we talked about off the top, some crazy stuff happening with COVID, but, you know, have, have some, some friends over on Saturday, on Friday, Ooh. I've got, I've actually got nothing going on Friday. I think I'm just going to park myself on the couch, grab a couple of cold beverages, maybe, maybe get some, maybe order some food. I don't know. You need to eat, and, Pat. You need to eat. Yeah, yeah, I know. You need your strength. You need your strength. You need to also watch my figure as well, too. I, I mean, I, I... <laughs> it's the holidays, man. There's no figure watching. <laughs> um, you don't have to be on camera till the seventh. Of, you got like three weeks to burn all that off. Man. It's it's true. That's what I keep thinking. I was like, oh, great. I, I'm gonna be an absolute bag of milk throughout the holidays, <laughs> and I'm gonna make my TSN debut. I'm gonna roll right into Buffalo. You look like a bag of milk. <laughs> but uh, no, I think I'm just going to sit down, watch TSN, watch this game and, and, and relax. And don't get me wrong. I absolutely, there's nothing better than I like, you know, hopping on the bird, um, you know, going down to Halifax, uh, going to morning shoot around. Um, it's the best, but having a week off one, it's going to be a nice little recharge of the batteries, but two, I know I'm going to start getting the itch because I, 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 like you said, I don't have a call until January, uh, you know, 8th now. So um, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts because, uh, you know, once the season gets rolling, these weekends come fast and furious. And I, I wouldn't have it any other way, though. Would not. You have got all your Christmas way. shopping done? Yes, I absolutely wow. do. Um, wow. Are you an online guy or a store guy? A little bit of a mix of both. Um, I also will be honest. I have a professional shopper in my girlfriend. No, you do not. She is very good at, at shopping. So that also helps. Um, Wait, are we talking like a hired help or is this your, no, girl? no, no, no. She's just, she's just a whiz when it comes to online shopping and, and uh, finding deals and all that stuff. Gosh, so, gotcha, gotcha. No, no, she's not an actual hired. Sh- <laughs> I had like an actual personal shopper. No, 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 no. So I've, I've got it. I think last night we, we went out, we went to the mall last night. I think I, I'll have to check my list, check it twice. I think I got everyone off. I think everyone's. Oh. One's done. Wow. Sorry. You what? Oh, just God. <laughs> oh, uh, clip I it. I was clip I was it. Hope, I was hoping you were going to notice that. <laughs> oh, I did. Um, you, all right, buddy. Uh, not even close, bro. No, I have more. Are you a lot, last minute guy. Um, yeah, but just with everything, I'm trying to. Yeah. Stephanie and I are trying to find a place to move into. Uh, I'm away every weekend. I've gotten a few things, but. 
Um, I've been told by my parents not to get them anything, so I will definitely be getting them something. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not even close to either. I think I've bought one thing. I've bought more things for myself for Christmas, spoiling myself, than I have for anybody else. Yeah, got myself a Google that's... Chrome stick. I got myself a new phone case. Wow. Um, I've got myself some some stuff to wear on the televisions. So you know. Reach. Treat yourself, Teddy. Treat yourself, buddy. Um, appreciate it always. Uh, thanks to Mix Jones uh, for stopping by. He was absolutely fantastic as always. Uh, the show on Twitter is OTCB underscore podcast. He's at P. Greggy. I'm at Teddy Jenner. Or follow the show on Instagram uh, at OTCB podcast. Final thoughts, Mr. Gregoire. Uh, bet the boosted odd parlay. Yes, have a, have a cool bet. Ooh, get some money in there. Use the deposit code OTCB. And yeah, we lost last week. It, it, it's okay. We're going to bounce back. This one's going to cash. And this is going to be the biggest parlay yet. The odds are going to be so good. You'd be so, so silly not to ride with us. I hear you. Ride or die, brother. We're five and one. So that's a pretty good start. Appreciate it always, my man. Until we speak again, everybody, enjoy the games, watch the games, take a friend if you can. Until we speak again, be excellent to each other. Peace.